Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane, and my company is Voice Matters, and I am here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hello, Michelle. I'm a little sleep deprived, but so happy to be with oh. you, be with you here today and hope that I can make complete sentences. Oh, trust me, in the worst of times, you are a rock star. So no worries. I think sometimes at our worst, we are our best. <laughs> that muscle memory kicks in. I You're love that. Be- <laughs> How are things going over there in Philly, Michelle? Oh, hey, you know, just dandy. Springtime's here. Pollen is out. So, you know, if I get into a coughing fit during the middle of this, it's not the vid. It's pollen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a fun season for allergy sufferers. I'm no. so sorry about that. No, it's okay. I'm sure in Michigan you're having the same. It's it's the it's the pain, the pain of the beauty of spring. I'll yeah, take it. we definitely have people complaining about it. I'm fortunate to not be an allergy sufferer, so nice. I'm being spared from it. But yeah, I'm I'm watching other people really go through it, and especially yeah. when you're you know in this pandemic. You, you know, every sneeze, every cough becomes a suspect <laughs> and causes a little bit of extra stress. So. so so true. Thankfully, I've been alone when this has happened, but there have been times, mostly even when I'm just pulling into my driveway with the window down, where just an inhale, I'll probably get just, a, you know, a mustard seed size. <laughs> I'll just start going, <gasps> wow. Get me some water. But you know what? Springtime also brings baseball, which, okay, hokey, hokey segue, pitching <laughs> makes us think of pitching, which is our topic today on that solo life. And, you know, we pitch all the time. And yeah. it's just nice to kind of reset, even for ourselves. You know, I think we can all fall prey to being so eager to get our point across and no no reporter you really need to know everything about what i'm telling you and you know as we said before on this this program too many words just too many words words. just you know talking about how to you know and okay I'll, i'll do another hokey baseball analogy you know sometimes you need the fastball sometimes you need a curve sometimes you need a slider depends who you're pitching to right and and just be mindful of that um yeah, I, I I think at best, you know, putting the salient points in a short email, and if they have interest, they will let you know. And I, and I think oftentimes, yeah. you know, even the best of us can get, um, you know, caught in the web of maybe giving too much information up front, and that can be a deterrent to your email even being read. You know, it's funny. I um, I on Sunday. This past Sunday, I cleared the backlog from from work, and it's been a long time since I haven't had backlog. I just had these things that were just like hanging over me. We all can relate to that. So I went into this week, you know, for the first time in a very long time with just a clear, you know, mind and a clear plate, and then just needing to, you know, move forward in the things that were coming. And what I noticed is that I really had time to think and I had that luxury of being really present in task. And so I had some media relations work to do, as you know, our team does all the time. But I remembered why I enjoy it so much, Mm -hmm. because I was able to 
devote the the time to it that it really deserves instead of, you know, that pressure of having 22 other things calling my name at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me all over again. And yes, we all do this even when we're stressed, but I was able to appreciate it because I had the luxury of time. And so those good old fashioned principles really understand who you're pitching. Um, go through and find the people that really can connect with the story that you're telling. Read their stuff. Yes. Read their interests, not just what they write about. You know, go to their social media feeds. What are they talking about? I mean, don't just scan a headline. Actually read some of their pieces. Now, you can skim it pretty quickly. We're all pretty good, you know, speed readers to get the key points. Mm-hmm. And then think through, you know, how does what I'm pitching really, how will this resonate? Have they written about this particular topic before? And right. if so, that's a great thing. But what's the fresh angle that I can bring to this that would be interesting? Mm-hmm. And then create a truly customized, succinct pitch. I was able to do that this week. And again, I did it with the luxury of really being able to enjoy that process that usually happens in hyperspeed. Right. And because I wasn't rushed or pressed, um, I didn't even really do like a bunch of follow-up, but I was able to get story secured within two days um, just nice. by, you know, sending a nice customized yeah. pitch, succinct, very short still, but thinking through, you know, all of those points and and so I guess what I'm saying is give yourself that luxury of time, whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get there. Sometimes that means, you know, delegating some of the other tasks to other people, you know, that you can work with. If you don't have a team, you know, can you bring on, you know, a subcontractor to do some of the heavy lifting in some part of your business? Maybe that's just a virtual assistant to take on the huge admin burdens that we all have, but it pays to really make sure that you are pitching for the writer's audience and the writer and not for your client. We see far too often and, and go on Twitter and follow journalists and you will hear this from them, that people are so busy pushing their point and their key messages that you're missing these opportunities. And you can get your key messages into a story, but you got to snag the story first. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, even on the other end of that, you know, be proactive. You know, I love going through you know, my Twitter feeds and just seeing what journalists and, you know, it depends on the beat, right? So I work with a lot of local companies. So I like to see, you know, what reporters are talking about in the region. Have they changed their beats? What's happening? What's What's on their radar? And how can I tailor it to them? I know we were we were recently in a clubhouse session together and one of my favorite um, placements was, you know, for a, a local, um, he was a, or we'll say organic painter, but he's a painter who uses environmentally friendly um, paints and processes and works a lot with old homes and historic renovations. Anyway, long story short, you know, managed to get him some PR just because of, you know, there was a brown bat disease going on in our area. And well, he happened to have some experience with that firsthand. So you know, we're all creative that way. I know we're always thinking of interesting ways that we can both have something be newsworthy. And oh, by the way, you know, you, you can't buy that kind of ad placement. Um, 
Yeah. You know what I love about that example that you shared is that you saw a way that your client could be helpful. Yeah. That your client absolutely. actually had information based on his personal experience. So yeah. you weren't thinking first, like, oh, I got to talk about this, you know, environmentally friendly painter. You were thinking, oh, my client has some experience with that. He can add something to the story. And, yeah. you know, sometimes again, we can be so busy that we miss those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think, you know, I, I guess because I feel like a lot of PR pros, they know what they're supposed to do when mm-hmm. pitching. Mm-hmm. We just all need to reinforce those lessons. Although, you know, if you're new to the profession or maybe you just haven't done a lot of media relations, all of this may be brand new to you. Um, take some time to really, you know, ask other people. Don't be afraid to yeah. send a pitch to another pro and say, would you mind looking over this? I mean, that's one of the ways that I learned is I learned from other people's pitches and I learned kind of the techniques that they were using mm-hmm. and what they were doing. Um And, you know, I sort of instinctively was on the right track because, you know, I like to connect with people Mm -hmm. and I, you know, am a writer. So that part came naturally. But there are other more advanced things and nuances that I really did learn. And I learned from mentors and people that were willing to share. And and so don't be shy about saying, hey, here's the pitch that I am working on you know, can you take a look at this and let me, because we can have blind spots, you know, mm-hmm. did, would this work? Would this, would this attract you? Would, would you want to hear more about this story? Right, right. And then, and that's so key, what you said, you know, about our blind spots, you know, it could be something because we're so in the thick of it, the topic, you know, we, we may not see something that's glaringly obvious to someone else. And, you know, it does all come back to community and relationship building. I mean, you know, even if you see a reporter, you know, tweet something or, you know, shoot something out on social of, you know, what they're looking for, that has nothing to do with, say, a paying client, but you can be helpful, be helpful, you know, because yeah. I think, I, I think one of my drawbacks is I'm, not, not afraid, but you're reluctant. It's like, oh, I don't want to bother you reporters, you know, because I know you're, if you're as busy as I am, you don't want someone just calling up and saying, hey, want to grab a coffee sometime? Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's time for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you can be helpful or, you know. True. Or if it's and purposeful. you can build those relationships, you know, organically. I yeah. purposely follow a lot of reporters on Twitter. And Twitter yeah. really is kind of my happy place for connecting with reporters. And I'm connected with a lot of reporters who I will never pitch. Right. Um, but I really enjoy them. I enjoy yeah. what they share. I reshare their content. I read it. And, you know, you 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 form these these relationships where you talk to one another and sometimes they progress into friendships. And I think it's helpful to keep your pulse, your finger on the pulse of, you know, what's happening in, in media that that's really important and building those relationships. And then when it is time to pitch, you're not this completely unknown entity. You, you have a better sense of, who they are. And you can even reference, you know, Hey, you know, we have, you know, chatted back and forth in Twitter and, you know, lead in from there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it helps the more personalized and tailored you can make your pitch. Even a cold pitch doesn't have to feel like a cold pitch Just show that you did your homework. And, 
you know, please don't do, I've seen too many people do this, where you're bringing reporters into your thought process. So you're giving them way too much background and detail. Mm -hmm. No one cares about that. And if you have a moment, please take time to read Muckrack's um, State of Journalism report. There are some really great insights in there. And one Mm -hmm. thing that stood out to me that made me cheer is that, yes, there are so many public relations pros, but veterans are the ones that are going to stand out because we know how to give a reporter the story angle. We know how to give them a story. Long ago, in days long past, sometimes we would kind of give them a few choices or, you know, we would collaborate on forming the angle together, but no one has time for that anymore. So people that are newer to the profession don't yet have that expertise. And that's a general statement, but this is according to the report. And, and yeah, you, it takes some time to, you know, learn your craft. And so they may not be as good as doing that as giving them the story, give it to them, but give it to them succinctly and give it to them in a way that is enticing. Yeah. So um, I, I definitely say spend some time, you know, look at that report, really reflect on your own work and, you know, think about, you know, what can I take away from this and don't ever be cocky. You know, I have been in business 16 years. I am not an expert. I am learning every single day. And even the things that I feel very confident about doing I'm still always going and learning because I know that I'm never going to be the best. I'm going to be striving to be the best my whole entire life until, you know, I'm done on this earth. I'm, I'm never going to get there, but it's kind of fun to keep learning and mm-hmm. keep improving. And, and so don't feel like, oh, you know, that person has nothing to teach me or I don't need to read that. Even the basics. And I sometimes will go through the basics because you can develop bad habits. We can get tired. We can get lazy. And before you know it, you're doing something. And then you're like, I know better. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And And I think it's, you know, also to remember, I know time and time again, whenever we have meetups with Philly Philly regional reporters, um, you know, you think, oh, you know, email good, telephone bad. But on occasion, there are some that are just like, you know what? No one uses the phone anymore. So be novel. You know, don't be a nudge, whether you're emailing or calling. Don't be don't be spammy about it. But, you know, depending on the type of story and and the angle, and if you think, you know, especially if you think, oh, I think this would be a really nice fit. Now, don't leave with that saying, oh, I think this would be a really nice fit. <laughs> Pick up Agreed. the phone. Someone may actually answer the phone. Because um, yeah. I think sometimes I think a phone we, call is everything, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I think they appreciate it because you know, remember too, yes, reporters' inboxes are jammed, but they're also in search of good stories. So, you know, if anything, take away from this, you know, next time you write up a pitch, you know, maybe walk away for five minutes, come back with fresh eyes and just say, okay, is this the best possible version of this for this person that I'm sending it to? And if so, send away. And also know, I mean, we all know 
there's no guarantee in this. You know, you love to the whole ROI of, of PR pitching. There's never a guarantee. You know, it's always about managing expectations. But if you're doing the best you can, that's all you can do. And you just, you know, you release it and hope for the best. Yeah, I completely agree with that because you can have you can have a great pitch and you could do all the right things and not the reporter could not answer you. Yeah. But you know, here's the good news. When you have done everything that you can do, you you know, there wait the results in peace. And sometimes and I, I've had this happen so frequently this year more than any other year past. I think that, you know, that's dead. I always save all my pitches though, because they aren't dead to me until <laughs> they've been covered. <laughs> you can pull those out again. You know, there's always right. a way to find a way to do a story. Right. Um, but I have found that reporters that never got back to me, never answered me, are reaching out later about yeah. the very same thing that I pitched them about wanting yes. to do a story five, six months later. So don't give up on it and don't take, right. I don't take it personally. I, I completely no. understand. And believe me, I'm guilty of the same, you know, my email inboxes are flooded. That is the one thing that I didn't get caught up on this weekend. They're <laughs> flooded. And so sometimes, you know, I intend to like get back to something, but it might take me a few months Right. And then at that time, I may really be interested and I'll reach out. So yeah. reporters are, you know, they're human beings are people just like us and they're juggling mm -hmm. a lot of responsibility. So not hearing doesn't mean that you did a bad job. But I think that, again, it's really key not to not to do this thing all by yourself. Utilize your colleagues and resources to make sure that you're hitting all the right notes. So, again, you know, check in with people you know, hey, do you mind reviewing this pitch? Get a pitch buddy. Maybe you two can, you know, check each other's pitches and Love that. offer some insight. Um, sometimes it may be the outlet. So I love it when people come yeah. into the Solo PR Pro group and say, here's the story. Here's who I pitched. Not getting traction. Any other suggestions? Yeah. People will often come with something that you never, ever thought about. And in doing that, they secured stories because they tweaked their approach a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, don't, don't feel like you have to do this job all by yourself just because you're a solo. Right. Right. So true. And, and, you know, another way to think of it too, is if you, if whether it takes months or you never hear from the reporter about a specific pitch, you know, if, if you present the same reporter with well-crafted pitches, that they will remember. So when it come, when your time comes and they're ready for this story that you're trying to get, guess what? They'll respond. So, you know, you're laying the groundwork no matter whether or not you get the hit. And uh, we just want to encourage you with that today. And we thank yeah. you for joining us yet again for this episode. And we hope that if you like it, you share it. And please do visit um, Solo PR Pro at soloprpro.com. Um, our fabulous smarties, as we like to call them. And we thank you for giving us your time for this episode of That Solo Life. <laughs>